0: So sometimes when we think of a hook, we think of that headline that's like the eye-catching thing. And sometimes it's a statement, but I think it's much more powerful for it to be a question. And being a coach, like questions are my lifeblood, so I naturally went to that. And so everybody that I come into contact with who I want to have a conversation about my program or about my leadership membership, I ask a simple question. I say, well, when it comes to the people leaders in your organization, what do you do for leadership development?
1: That's it. This is James Shramko. James Schramko here and welcome. I am very, very pleased to bring back my special guest friend, Niels Vinya. Welcome. Thank you very much, James. Excited to be back. So this is episode 922, but we've had you on before. We had you on episode 825, where we we're talking about your stuff, which is business leadership, which is a great episode. Yep. You came into my world, you did really well. And in episode 890, we talked about your progress from zero to $100,000 and what you did to do that. So it's a super awesome episode. I got so much feedback on it. People say, thank you so much for showing us what's possible. I'm kind of excited about it because I've been watching back seasons of Undercover Billionaire. Yep. (laughs) You know, it's really appealing to have a story of a start from scratch because it's probably the most common question people ask, you know, if you were to start again, what would you do?
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: And I'm super fortunate because I get to coach you as well. And I've been able to work with you along the way to see what would you do? But I do it through your your eyes and ears and and your business with my knowledge.
0: So I do it faster. I get to do it faster
1: (laughs) because of that. You get to do it with a friend. Like one of the big key lessons from these episodes is that you've got to have the contacts. Mm -hmm. You've got to have the network and the contacts, people who have already done the thing that you're trying to do and you've got to get there and you've got to have grit and determination and you've got to stick to it and avoid making huge mistakes. In each of the episodes I've watched, they do make mistakes and then they say, oh, that was a mistake.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: So when we work together, we're trying to eliminate the mistakes and what we're seeing is a really fascinating thing play out. Episode eight hundred and ninety sort of showcased how you went from naught to one hundred thousand dollars, and it took nine months for that. Yep. This update, in episode nine twenty two, we're going to be talking about how you went from one hundred thousand to three hundred thirty thousand in just three months, and that's cash <laughs> collected. That's not even sort of internet marketing math, where they sort of oh, yeah, allow no. for annual subscriptions, and you know if you collected that's real money. Yeah. So we're going to break it down. I think there's a couple of things that have caused that, and I think they're really worth sharing and could be super instructional for our audience. So first, I just want to acknowledge you for, A, getting the result. Thank you. Like actually doing the things and getting the result. It's a huge celebration, of course. You've got a fantastic run right now, and you're very likely, you're sitting on a seven figure business if you want to talk annualized figures. Mm-hmm. And secondly, thank you for coming and sharing, because I know you don't have to do that, but it's... Just so damn exciting to see what you're doing. And the things that you're doing are not unique to your business. Right. They're not all about luck. I mean, even in undercover billionaires, some of it's luck. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Some of it's great fortune. You know, we, you're born a white male in Western society. We, we have to acknowledge that it's just probably much yes. easier for us. Yes. So that's just something I really became aware of in the last few years. You know, you, you do take it for granted. But that being said, these lessons, I've seen it apply to all different races, colors, ages, sexes, different businesses. So I, I want to just cover them because they're critical. And I think one of the most important ones that came up was you got to a point where you had to make some choices because you came to me and you said, Listen, I've got this old program I've been doing, but I'm not feeling it anymore. I'm like, yeah. something has to change, but I'm not sure how to go about it or what to do. And I talked to you about a, a sort of a process to go through, you know, what you might do to decide whether that's something you can do something with or whether you don't do something with it. I'd love it if you could just sort of talk through what happened there with regard to any sensitives that need to happen there. Yeah, of course. But yeah, I think it's really fascinating because this is what happens. There's even, a, I think, a goldsmith, Marshall Goldsmith quote about like, what got you here won't get you to the next, yeah. mm-hmm. to there. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to change as you go through the business and some of them are difficult choices, especially when you've got a profitable income stream but you know, that's not going to continue the way it is. So what happened? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So thank you again for having me on, having me back. I love, you know, being able to share my story. i still can't, you know, even quite realize that the numbers you said are the numbers that I told you that they're real and that is cash collected already in the bank. And it's only the, you know, barely into the start of 2022 here. So it's pretty amazing. So the first leverage program that I built was this higher end program. And I charged $15,000 a year to get access to this program. And it was a very intentionally built small group program. So I only had three members in the program because when I had the coaching calls with these members as a group, the choice was to be able to go deep with each individual based on the situations that we're going through, all leadership focused, all things about you know how they were performing, how their teams were performing, how they were marketing themselves inside their organization, outside their organization. And how they could, you know, just continue to progress and push on their leadership development. And when I started this program, this, as I mentioned, was the very first like real leverage program. And I was ecstatic. Like finally, there was something that was not one-on-one, either coaching or consulting, that I could serve this group. And I knew exactly what contribution I was going to have to give and when, because I defined all those parameters as part of the program. And they were very happy with the setup of the program and everything worked great. So for two years, I've run this program, you know, netting $45,000 each year from each of these three, which was great. And that was huge because it was always a boost in the early part of the year when the three of them signed up originally. And once we've gotten to the point now with the B2B Leaders Academy, where we're starting to see these numbers on the subscriptions, it forced me to question everything. And that was what I brought to you. was like, okay, well, I've been doing this for two years. I love being able to invoice and get another $45,000 a year with the same layout of you know my effort that I've done the last two years. But I was like, wait a second, maybe this isn't the right thing. Maybe there is you know, the leverage that I have in the B2B Leaders Academy is actually greater than what I have in this, even though this is a much higher ticket item. And you gave me the very astute advice to look at a couple of things, things like EHR, your flagship effective hourly rate. And I had done an EHR calculation on this one a while back, but it had been a while since I revisited it. And I was a little shocked to see when I accounted for even more than I had. I think the first time was a little bit of rosy, uh, rose-colored glasses. When I went back to it this time, it was clear that it was not at the level that I thought was appropriate. Or given the effectiveness of the B2B Leaders Academy in comparison to that one, it was at a significant disadvantage. So that was one thing. Um, The other thing was the, the joy I got from the program. And that was still pretty high because I love coaching. I am a coach. Being in the moment with my clients is wonderful. And doing it with a small group is really cool because we've built some incredible bonds. And many of these individuals in the program have been promoted from director to VP. And I've seen their growth, much like you've seen with me and your other clients as well. And then there were a handful of other metrics that you mentioned. And you listed off like five or seven things. Won't go into all of them here, but they were just really great primers. And I took a step back after that call wrote down my list, and then I sent it to you. And I said, well, here's where I ended up. This kind of tells me the story of what I need to do without me really acknowledging it out loud. And I said, I'm going to sleep on this and I'll send you a note tomorrow. And that was the decision that ultimately I was going to wind down this program, perhaps retool it in the future. But right now, it wasn't going to serve me in the same way that it served me before, even though it was my highest end product that I offered at the
1: time. Massive. There's so many things there I just want to unpack and just make sure we reinforce. One is you were astute enough to recognize that the environment had changed. So what was amazing in the beginning, it's like probably like your first car, like the difference between not having transport and having a a car is huge. But 20 years down the track, you know, you've got choice of different car. Maybe that first car you got, is not going to serve your family needs anymore. So it's recognizing that things have changed. And as I've often talked about, it's so, if you can be comfortable with change, if you can embrace it yeah. and sometimes even look for it, yeah. it stops you from going stale and from just drifting along and letting everyone go past you and you're not even realizing why. So that was good. We recognized there was a change. Then we pulled out some scoring tools. One of them is the effective ally rate. There are other things we look at, or we'll mention a couple. One might be byproduct. Does this thing generate other clients? Yeah. But in this case, it was probably the end program. So it was it. Yeah, That wasn't such a big factor. There was the joy. And, you know, when we start out in business, this is usually optional. <laughs> You're going to have to do things you don't love. I, I mean, undercover billionaire, they're cleaning toilets or whatever, yeah. you know, mowing lawns. <laughs> they don't want to do it, but it's a necessity. Yeah. As my mentor said, you've got to eat beans for a while sometimes. Yep. So it's what got you going and fueled up your capital to be able to do something better. Then we have a look at things like, where does it sit in terms of your percentage of the portfolio? Is it 5%, 10%, 50%, 80%? Right. Obviously, if it's all your income, you, you got to be careful. You can't just turn it off. Yeah. we well, you can, but I don't recommend it. Uh, that'd be like Tarzan swinging from one vine, just letting go midair before he grabs the next one. It's a bit risky and you could splat on yeah. the jungle floor. Yep. I know my team are going to have a lot of fun editing this video. Um, so <laughs> the next thing is, um, so, you know, is it a good effective value rate? Do you absolutely love it or not? Because you've got the choice now. Mm-hmm. Is it generating a byproduct or a saleable asset at some point? Possibly not in this case. Nope. Um, the, so the effective value rate had slid a little bit or was now no longer as good as what you can get somewhere else. Mm-hmm. One of the critical things we look at is, is it reversible? I think this is a huge one that, that helps us. I'd sort of take this a little from Jeff Bezos, where he talks about, is it a one-way decision or is it reversible? If you turned off the program and you decided, oh, I really missed that and I want that program in my life, how hard would it be to just put it up again? Yeah. It, it's like, it's an offer, it's an email out letting customers know, hey, we're back on. Yeah. I've done that before. I remember my subject line because at the very beginning of Silver Circle, I'm talking about 2010 maybe. I sold it for three months, and then I enjoyed it, so I sold it for another three months, and then I'm like, okay, I've got to stop like selling it for three months, and then stopping and starting. I need to close and retool. So I retooled for a couple of months, and then I came back with one forever program, which has been running up until now. Actually, I still got clients in that. And I remember the email subject was like, hey, the band's getting back together.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's as simple as that. So if
1: you can restart it again, you don't have to feel so like, gosh, it's not the end of the world, is it? It's not like selling the business or it's not like you can't have it again. Yeah. If you can't have it again or whatever, then obviously you've got to be a little more careful.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I've learned a lot about this process through my surfboard collection because some surfboards I might sell and then feel remorse, oh, maybe I shouldn't have sold that one. But if I can go and buy that exact same surfboard from any surf shop in the country today, then I'm not going to sweat it. If I sell it and I and I did this with a set of fins actually, I sold a set of fins with a board because the guy didn't have fins and I felt sorry for him <laughs> and it was everything for him and it was probably in, inconsequential to me, but I've actually wanted, I missed them. So I just, I just ordered some online yeah. and they arrived the next day, like no big deal. So is it reversible or not? And then beyond that, there, you know, there's a couple of other subtle things, but the most important thing is, just before you do it, it's always worth saying, well, could it be changed or is there some tweak? There's a few techniques. This we've got, LI Goldratt's constraints theories, like we figure out, we remove things and see what would we do if we were hamstrung or if our hand was tied behind our back or we could no longer do this or if it's illegal, for example. And we could also use a scamper technique. And I've made videos about both of these. I'm sure my team will link to it somewhere in our show notes at episode, uh, what are we, 900. 22. Yep. But the scamper technique is like, you know, reverse the use, do the opposite, change the market, et cetera, et cetera. So there, it's always worth just saying, look, is there a small action you could do that would completely transform this thing? And in this case, there wasn't something super obvious to us. So it's like, Hey, you know, you're absolutely crushing it with your B2B leadership business model. If you were able to spend your time and attention there and not worry about this to the side, what could be possible? And I think we're beginning to see what's possible. But I imagine as soon as you made the choice, oh, the final thing I want to say about sleeping on it, great advice. Our grandparents used to do this. Two Mm -hmm. things on that. My grandfather used to write these big long letters and just get it all out of his head. And interestingly, I saw my friend Peter Shaw wrote something similar in an email recently. It's good to write long letters and get it all out. And then he'd put in the top drawer. Yeah. And if he still felt the same way the next day, he'd send it. Um, This is when they did letters, right? You could apply the same principles to emails or big decision-making. I won't make huge decisions like buying investments or assets or killing a program or tuning up a staff member or whatever. I will not make those big decisions if I'm tired or in a bad resourceful state. I've got to be well-rested and I have to have thought it through. So I create a lot of white space in my program. My week has so much white space. In fact, yesterday I did nothing. I literally did nothing yesterday the whole day. (laughs) love that. And that white <laughs> space, I was just actually reflecting. One of the big reflections I had, thank goodness I've got this time to just put things away for a while, leave them, and I see what finds me and I see what thoughts come. But the biggest thought I had is, well, thank goodness for the white space. Yeah. And yeah. then when I did log in at the very end of the day to check my community, which I do every day, one of my members said, you know, one of the things you keep talking about, and he found this great quote about space, you know you've got to be able to think things through, but you can't think them through unless you create the space to have that time to think, right. and that's, that's right. critical. So you didn't rush it is my point, no. <laughs> the <laughs> long-winded way of saying that. Yeah. How did you feel once you made the choice and started, you know, cleaning up your communicating with the clients, obviously getting the messaging right, yep. seeing what um, if you're going to make alternatives or pivot? Sometimes it's not too far from where you start, but just a small change. I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. One is a friend of mine, Rob Moore, a previous guest. I, I saw one of his clickbait headlines today. I was like, you know, why I'm completely getting rid of my business. And I log on. He's, all he's doing is changing the name of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, Classic like, clickbait, yeah. He's just changing the name <laughs> of it. He hasn't binned it or, or thrown it away or whatever. He's just changing the name of it to serve a bigger market. Well done and kudos to him for doing that. But anyway, that wasn't a huge change. It's just like a name change, okay? Beyond that, I've seen people go from one to one to group the exact same fee and just telling them it's going to be more beneficial to them. Mm-hmm. Would you rather just chat with me by myself or would you like to feed off the energy of six or seven other great people? Yeah. Like I know, for example, in our weekly group call, Nils, you are a source of energy. You're a mm-hmm. beacon of positive enthusiasm for the other members. They, they just you. love seeing what you do. You contribute so much, but I think you also enjoy those uh, calls oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. So how did it feel?
0: So it felt like a level of control I don't think I could really say that I ever really had before. So prior to building this leverage side in, in the leadership space, everything for the previous five and a half years was all one-on-one consulting. And if you know anything about consulting, you know the Rocky Mountain nature of the income that comes. Sometimes it's either feast or famine. That's the best way to describe it, right? Feast or famine. And so when projects come, you take them. And when they don't come, you're looking for more. And it's this constant cycle. So there was a long time where I didn't feel like I had a whole lot of control over my business. I got a family of five to support and I've been doing this now for seven years. So there were a lot of ups and downs that I've been through. And when I got to that decision point a couple of weeks ago with you and walking through all these metrics and scorecard and kind of reflecting on this and giving it some space and time, I was like, huh, if I make the decision, I'm willingly saying I'm going to drop $45,000 off the table this year. That's totally Okay. And I was like, wow, (laughs) I can't really say that I've ever been able to you know, put that on the side and never taken a $45,000 deal. Because if that was put in front of me before, guarantee 100%, I would have found a way to deliver it because that's what I had to do. So it comes back to this control and control influences and increases confidence. The more confident I am in everything that I'm doing, the better off I am and the better I can position my B2B Leaders Academy and my podcast and. Everything around it, and it just helps give me more fuel that I really am truly in control of everything.
1: You probably know it's the theme here. Like it's clearly one of my strongest, you know, most deepest mentors was absolutely fanatical about no compromise. And he used to say this um, expression: he used to say an empty flat is better than a bad tenant. (laughs) Flat is the same as a condominium, right? For our international friends, but basically an empty investment property is better than a bad tenant. Yeah, and. I've done this plenty of times. I've chosen to turn off programs. When I started online, this blew me away, right? The business model that Grant Cardone used Mm -hmm. in Undercover Billionaire to be successful in that program is exactly the business model I used to quit my job. Like, I literally even sold my program for the same amount. It was $5,000 per month. So, Back in 2008, when I had a job, I went out and found a couple of clients who were happy to pay me $5,000 a month, and I quit my job. So it was $120,000 a year. Yep. About seven years later, that $120,000 a year represented less than 10% of my income, mm-hmm. and I had one person in my team looking after it. It was a bit of a pain in the butt. So I was just like, we don't do this anymore. This is not, yeah. this is not our business model. It's so far removed from what we do now. At that time, you know, I had an SEO business, and I had the coaching, obviously, is going very well. And these days, now I'm even focused on the revenue share deals. I stopped selling the Silver Circle program about two years ago. Still get some people sort of jimmy their way in with a crowbar. It's like really rare. Like there has to be a referral from three people in the program and they do. But for the most part, I've stopped selling that because the partnership side of things has just gone really, really well. Yeah. So this is a huge theme here. Having the guts to turn off a perfectly good, not broken income stream, to replace it with something better. It's truly what an entrepreneur is all about. And every time I've done it, I've been rewarded big time. And as I said, the downside is not that big if you could actually just start it up again. Like my worst case scenario is I could go out and get two more customers tomorrow for five grand a month. Yeah. But that's my worst case scenario. So it's not the end of the world. No. Right. So that's the big thing. Number one is you had to, you've made some strategic changes to where you put your time and energy and where you're growing a business. Yep. And that's so far paying off, obviously. Yes. Yes. Next thing that happened, we talked about your book. Mm-hmm. Again, this is going to impact a lot of people. We've heard me banging on about you got to have a book, right? Yeah. <laughs> the word authority has the word author in it. We know this from my friend Ron Reich. Yep. You want authority, you got to have a book. You got to be an author. So you got your book. You're doing what everyone else that has a book does. Talk about what you were doing before and then the question you brought to me.
0: Yeah. When I um, wrote the book and planned to launch it, I built a book funnel. And that funnel consisted of selling the book for $10 US. And then I would ship it anywhere in the US for free, a little bit more, 20 bucks if you wanted me to ship it international. I had a bump offer where I had made a short, small course with some key pieces of content on the leadership side that you could do and access very quickly. That was around a $30 bump offer. And then I had an upsell offer that was $199, which was a bit more in-depth on some of my teachings and things. And then if they didn't take that, I had a downsell offer that was $97, which was just one tiny piece of the puzzle. So It was a relatively complex thing. And it took me a fair amount of time to create because as I wrote the book, I didn't have any of these courses or any of this content sitting on the side. So I had to invest in creating it myself and then hosting it. Of course, thank goodness for 10X Pro was able to host and deliver it all. So that part was the easiest part. And I ran paid ads to that book over the course of like, I think we talked about this last time, like nine months or so and spent somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty dollars to $40,000, you know, to varying degrees of success. Sometimes, you know, the return on head spend was okay and barely breaking even. And sometimes it was absolutely horrendous. Like, oh my gosh, what on earth is going on? I paid people, somebody $70 to buy one of my $10 books and I shipped it to them. So it left me with a lot of like, I don't know where to go with this book. And so I I stopped the ads. And that was when the podcast launched the B2B Leadership Podcast. And that started being the main avenue for bringing people into my world. And we had a conversation one week and I was like, I have my book, but I don't know how to leverage it again because I've had this kind of complex thing. And when I've sent people there, you know, it's $10. Like the book is fantastic. It has great reviews, but it's still friction. It's still hesitation on the part of people who go there and say, oh, well, that looks interesting. But 10 bucks, I don't know. And, you know, it's through my website. So they can buy it on Amazon as well. And so, what you shared with me and what I had seen from Work Less, Make More, your book and your book funnels, is that you give it away for free, the PDF digital version. And then you have an upsell for people who want to get a physical copy, as well as an upsell for the audiobook version. And I said, Hmm, hang on. I've got a PDF copy of this book. <laughs> I have an audiobook version of this book. Why don't I just give it away for free? Let's remove all the barriers. And so uh, I, over the Christmas break, I kind of retooled the, everything and got it in place. And the first week of the new year, I released it on LinkedIn to my network. And I said, hey, let's kick off the new year in style. I'm, I'm giving away free digital copies of my book. I was blown away by the response and the number of people that downloaded it. Because these are people in my network who've heard me talk about this, who have seen my book, seen my you know, offer, hey, it's 10 bucks, blah, 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 and never touched it. But the simple act that it turned into a free asset was incredible. I got to get their email address so I could build a relationship with them. They got to get a copy of my book, which was hugely valuable for them. And it was a huge win all around. And I've, the result of or the number of people I've had opt in for that asset has been greater than almost all of my other marketing things in the past that I've done in even a very short amount of time. I'm talking like it's only been a, less than a month. And it's already been exponentially greater than some of the other things that I've put out there. So, you know, just having that core asset, one that is true to me and is all my beliefs and everything builds an awful lot of trust. And number two, being willing to give it away for free. The number one comment everybody said was, thank you so much for making this available. And I just said, you're welcome. That's great. Hey, and we'll continue the conversation in a lot of different ways, podcast, emails, et cetera, from there.
1: Where's the free book?
0: Uh, The free book can be found at 330dayleadership.com forward slash book. Grab a copy, download it, and I'll share with you the incredible goodness that I have to offer. And you can get a physical copy if you want, just like you can when you buy Work Less, Make More.
1: (laughs) It's a great. Thank you for sending me the physical copy of your book as well. It was special when that arrived. You are welcome. Great book. So you've basically collected lots and lots of emails since you did that, that you weren't getting when it was $10. What do you send the people?
0: So that was a question, (laughs) big question number two that I brought to you and said, James, I'm going to have these people. What do I send to them? So I followed your guidance and advice to a T. And as we've talked about before, like I'm all about taking shortcuts. And I know you've tried and experimented all kinds of different flavors and stuff. I've seen things from other coaches have implemented things. Some of them felt okay. Yours always felt like just perfectly in line with who I am. And just, it's a no pressure situation. And I share my podcast I share the fact that the B2B Leaders Academy, which is a subscription-based program to get leadership coaching and training, exists. And I make them an offer because they downloaded the book. I give them a special discount if they sign up in the first month, which I thought was really an inspiring way when I saw your offer out there. And I was like, wow, that makes a ton of sense. That's huge. I just want to get to know people and give them the opportunity and reduce another point of friction, just like with making the book free. So through the series of emails over a couple of weeks, I introduce myself, share the details about the podcast, add some value, then talk about the program and talk about results because that's what it's all about. And I share stories from my members, one who saved five hours a week after just a couple of weeks of implementing these strategies was absolutely wonderful. Or people have seen incredible inspiration and innovation from their team because they use coaching skills and they had never done this before. And they got a new tool, they used it, they got results. And now I get to share their story and they get to have tremendous success in their career. So that's as complex as it is. It is sharing that I have a program, I'm making an offer. If you take me up on it, awesome. I love working with you. Look forward to working with you. And if you don't, that's okay, because I'm going to still send you a brand new podcast every single Wednesday, and you will get a tremendous value out of all the conversations that you hear and the great leaders that I talk to.
1: It's awesome. So you got your book, your podcast, your emails. Just from the coaching process, when you were talking about the emails, and very cleverly, actually, I thought you asked me if if I could have a look at them. So you shared them with me. Do you want to talk about what that process was like from your perspective, having me just have a little look over the emails?
0: Yeah, that was uh, invaluable. uh, Let's say (laughs) because if you've ever written a sequence of emails to go out over, you know, go take people through an experience, you can't get away from the fact that you're involved in it and you can't see your own mistakes. Period. So, you know, a peer or somebody else, you know, reviewing is great, but somebody else has been there and done that and written it and has an exceptionally high performing version of the same thing. That was invaluable. So very, very quickly, I think you cut out probably half of the stuff that I said. And and I was like, thank you. Wow. That's incredible. And I wouldn't have, I was beating around the bush. I was literally just being around the bush because I was writing to myself and I was like, here's what I would want to hear. And you're like, no, just be upfront just be honest. And I was like, Hmm, that makes an awful lot of sense. So it cut my time down dramatically going from, Hey, this is what I think this sequence could be. And if I didn't have your advice and guidance, I probably would have just iterated on it for a period of time. And it wouldn't have gotten as good to where it got to in one review, or I think I asked two reviews we did. Cause I made some changes and said, here, check this out. I'm going to totally turn it around and
1: it's working. And I think the way we do it is I, um, I make the suggestions so you can see yeah. what I've done. I think you asked for that and that's that's, yes. my pref- that's how I do it with my team. This is a big tip. If you're the visionary or the business founder or a coach and you're reviewing other people's work, put the comments mode on and suggest changes so they can see what you changed. In my case, I deleted a lot. I learned a lot, a lot of that. There's two people I've learned this from in particular. One is Bond Halbert who has a fantastic book about editing and I don't think there's many books on copywriting editing but his is fantastic and he's been on the show and we talked about it. That's where you learn to D that and to clean up the words. The other guy is Drayton Bird, who's like an absolute God in the online or in the direct response space. Actually, he's pretty savvy online as well, but he would basically just say, just remove the first part of your copy and you'll get to the (laughs) point much quicker. And that's, that's a, Almost everyone fluffs around at the beginning. Yep. So I get the same feedback over and over again from people who I'm, you know, I don't put myself out there as a copywriter or an editor, right? But I am direct and I can get to the point. Because my mentor used to say, what's the point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know the point, if you're doing something, you don't know the point, you should stop. Yeah. That's actually what I used to take a lot of offense to this silly expression. Just take action, you know, take massive action, fail, fail fast, make lots of mistakes. You know, That's bullshit. <laughs> just stop if you're not heading the right direction then there's no point taking any action whatsoever you've got to minimize your wasted effort and energy so that's what we tend to do in emails yeah and as you said when you're in it it's hard to think how would an outsider start perceiving me because you know yourself so well and you know your program so well it's of course isn't it obvious yeah uh, actually that's a gold rat title yeah Isn't it? Obvious? no it's not yeah uh so that's great. So just to recap, so far, the big things that have moved the needle from you going from zero to 100 to one hundred to 330 is changing your model lineup, yep. adding in a powerful front-end email capturing device, and then following it up with emails that move people through to a transaction. Yep. And then there's one power move. Mm. This one I think is great because anyone listening to this or watching it can implement this today. I will start trying to figure out how to implement it today. And when it works, it's going to probably be the most powerful tip of all the things we've talked about, and it doesn't cost anything at all to do, and it works instantly. And this is what I would call developing a really powerful hook. Mm -hmm. It's the word or phrase you would say to a perfect prospect that makes them want to buy what you've got to sell, and it sounds almost too amazing. In fact, I know a guy who teaches a class on this that goes over weeks or something (laughs) he tends to puff things up a bit. And I think he's just, you know, he's found a way to charge a lot for this, but we're just going to give it away on the podcast. And that is that you find that line or the word that you say to someone that when you say it, they instantly recognize they have a gap. And they've also, because you're the person asking it, you already automatically deemed as the authority for asking that. So I don't know if you want to share your one that you would say to a corporation, because just for context, Nils, you are a business-to-business leadership trainer. That's your bread and butter. Yep. And you're the best at it. Thank you. And you've got this fantastic membership. It's hosted on 10X Pro, which is how we met and you came on board. And now you're selling a lot of it. Yep. And this is, your, this is your line that you use. Yeah.
0: So uh, happy to share. And with the hook, before I share mine, like there's a slight twist. So sometimes when we think of a hook, we think of that headline that's like the eye-catching thing. And sometimes it's a statement, but I think it's much more powerful for it to be a question. And being a coach, like questions are my lifeblood. So I naturally went to that. And so everybody that I come into contact with who I want to have a conversation about my program or about my leadership membership, I ask a simple question. I say, well, when it comes to the people leaders in your organization, what do you do for leadership development? That's it. Just what do you do for leadership development? That's simple. And the answers, you know, I've asked this to a few hundred people by now. The vast majority of the time, at least 95% plus of the time, the answer is nothing. And that is part of the reason why my program exists, because I know this to be a fact. I know that organizations, while everyone wholeheartedly believes that people are the most important asset, sometimes struggle with making that a reality and turning that into something, whether it's, you know, resources wise or time wise or effort wise, doesn't really matter. But the fact is that nowadays you can have access to a world-leading expert in virtually any field, me in leadership, you in entrepreneurship, at the drop of a hat. And that's the beauty of it. And that's when they say, if they say nothing, or they say, we do some kind of group chat stuff and we read books and we have book club types things. I say, great. Well, I'd love to tell you about a program that I run that's a turnkey solution to empower your leaders with the tools to confidently handle any situation. Would you like to know more? And then they opt in and say, yes, and I share more. So it's a very natural way for me to just identify, hey, are you already doing this? Most of the time, the answer is no. Sometimes, yes, that's okay. And if it's yes, the best part is, I say, great, can I tell you about my program so in the event that anybody else in your network is looking for help in this area and they don't have the same resources or capacity as you, that you could refer them to me. So even in that moment where it's no, they already do this perfectly, I'm still positioning myself as someone they could refer in the future.
1: Neil, you're a knock it out of the park student for me because you implement like you're smart, you're good. You. I've said this last time, whoever you're working with or whatever you do, you're going to go well, right? Because you, it's like you're the right stuff, but you're smart enough to recognize when people around you are going to slingshot you. And in our case, it's worked out great for both of us. You've yep. been using the platform that I endorse, 10X Pro. Yep. We talk like this every week. Yep. Usually there's five or six others hanging out. <laughs> you know, So it's great to see that. So you're already successful. I could say to you, Niels, who else do you know who could do with a similar sort of transformation mm-hmm. that you've experienced? Yep. So that's what yeah. I could do if I wanted to generate leads. And you might say, oh, I was actually, I was I already do. telling my friend about the, <laughs> yeah, I was telling my friend about the podcast. They had a listen and they're like, I got to, you know, can you introduce me? Yeah. So I would say, listen, if anyone you speak to ever says, you know, could you connect me or whatever, I will say, go for it. Just Flick me through an email, make an introduction. I'll speak to them personally and I'll see yeah. if there's some way I can help. So that's the variation on this. So this works basically if someone has a need or if they don't have a need because if they've solved it, they're probably going to recognize mm-hmm. that need in others, but they don't, they're not in the business of solving it. Right. Which means, and you are. And, if and, they, and, and as Dean Jackson tells us so with referrals, there's only three components that need to happen. One is people need to know that we want referrals. Yep. Two is... They need to know exactly the right moment to make that referral. And the third thing is they need to know exactly what to say to make that referral work really well. So big heads up. I've got to get him back on my podcast at some point, but at least he's here with a mention in just about every single episode because he's that smart.
0: That's no, been be awesome. I tell you, told you last time that the episodes with you and him are hands down my favorite, favorite SFPs out of the nine hundred
1: and twenty-two. <laughs> Not even the ones with me and Nils; those ones are up there. You're telling me you had a little bit of a reaction from some of the people around you who had no idea what you're up to.
0: Yeah, when eight ninety came out, it was time to share the two year story. I hadn't really shared that publicly. I don't talk about my business side very much. I talk all about the leadership and stuff, but I actually wrote an epically long post for me, kind of highlighting what happened from the start of the pandemic. That was the trigger of everything, getting kicked into a new gear and deciding to build this entire business. And it was when my income went to zero in 48 hours, because I was solely dependent on one-on-one relationships and one-on-one contracts with companies whose discretionary spending froze in an instant because the pandemic hit. That was it. That was the catalyst. And that was the start of this. I had been messing around trying to figure this out for a while, but sometimes it's not until you're up against the wall where you really are like, okay, this has to change now. And that was my wall moment in that point. And that was the point, got me a couple of weeks later to write the book and then launch the book and then the course and then turn it into the B2B Leaders Academy, then launch the podcast, then make the book free. And then, you know, here we are $330,000 later. It's kind of nuts. Kind of nuts.
1: That's it. It's like really basically the not undercover millionaire sort of uh, series. <laughs> I was thinking about, <laughs> think, thinking about this from my, when I had a surf, you know, I, that's kind of what I, I wanted to, I don't have one of those goals, like lots of gurus, like I want to create a thousand millionaires in 2020, like whatever. Yeah. That seems a bit wanky to me, but I just thrive on the success of students and partners. I just I think that's yeah. awesome
0: so 10 years ago was when i became a certified leadership coach and the very end of the coach training program this was a six month long program fully accredited just amazing amazing program the very end we did a very very important and special exercise and the instructor put a line of tape down the middle of the room it was in one one's hotel areas tape down the middle of the room everybody was on one side and the only thing we had to do was to jump over the line, now that we were at the end of this program, we were graduating, jump over the line, and while you were in the air, declare what it was you were going to do as a result of now having this incredible coaching skill. And I thought about this for a little bit, and I was more towards the latter third of the group, and I went and I jumped, and the phrase that I said was that I commit to sharing my gift of coaching with the world. And I know for a fact that I was put on this planet to share my gift of coaching with the world through the way that I connect with people, I connect with my clients. And now having been able to build a business that fulfills that purpose is just leaves my life in complete alignment. And again, I couldn't be here, wouldn't be here without you. And I'm incredibly thankful for that and the coaching. And I know you share some of that same sentiment because I feel that every time we connect and we talk about this. So, you know, I just want to share how this is not a business that I'm trying to grow and sell and, you know, just turn it into an asset. This is me. This is my life. This is what I want to do. I want nothing more than to help people become incredible leaders by sharing my gift of coaching. And when they experience that, they get great results.
1: Well, aren't we lucky that you're such a great jumper? Because that's a lot of words to say while you're in there.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll admit it was, it might have been a, you know, a little bit in the air and mostly on the ground, yeah. but this, <laughs> the feeling was the same. It's an interesting
1: <laughs> exercise of intention, of yes. declaration. So obviously, that's what it's about. I would say you're doing what I would call the Iron Man business model, which is where you're Tony Stark and your, <laughs> your team and your tools, like 10X Pro, your, your team members or whatever. The, The assets you're building around you, that's the flying suit with the boosters and stuff. And it's a a great life. It's very similar to this part of my operation. I love it. I love these podcasts. I know.
0: All I have to do is live near a beach and go surf and we'll be modeling you.
1: (laughs) You do do the saunas and the skiing or whatever else you do. Of course. I'm just doing me. I, I do love the surf. 100%. So... Thanks so much. I just love our chat. So I'm sure we'll have a few more. This is episode 922. Been chatting with Nils Vinu. Website, 30dayleadership.com. That's three zero. You'll also find Nils in, um, he's probably pretty active on LinkedIn. Yes. So um, thank you, mate. Appreciate it. And continue this upward trend. Let's get you back and see what happens next.
0: I look forward to it, James. Thank you so much.
1: This is James Schramko.